Happy Sabbath, church. Glad that you are here. Uh, let's go ahead and let's start out with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you for your Sabbath. Thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given us to come together and to just learn more about you. And Lord, I ask that you would please be with me as I speak, that these not be my words, but that they be yours. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've ever seen me preach, I say this every time, but there's something interesting that I do. I take off my shoes because when Moses meets God at the burning bush, he tells him to take off his shoes for where he is standing is holy ground. I believe that whenever we come together in the presence of God, that we come on holy ground. Therefore, the shoes come off when it's time. Our title for today is Relational Pressure Points looking at this in Acts 15, verses 36 through 41. So if you want to get ready to look at that, that's where we'll be heading. Um, it'll be in a little bit. Once again, our title is Relational Pressure Points, and we'll be looking at Acts 15, verses 36 through 41. I could feel my body tighten as I heard the words, she's gonna be there. And my mind flashed memories from the epic moment in which we met to the epic moment in which our friendship ended. And I could feel tenseness start to fill my body. And I tried to work through my emotions as this information came to me that we were both supposed to be at the same event. Do I go? Do I not go because she's going to be there? Even though it had been years since the last time in which we had encountered, I still have all this emotion that had risen to the surface. What if I don't go, and then she doesn't go either because she hears that I'm coming? And then we could have gone, one of us could have, but we didn't. And all these things just kept going through my mind, and eventually, I decided to go. And when I got there, I found out that because she had heard I was coming, she didn't. And I had all that worry that had gone through my mind, and I felt for a moment that it was all for nothing, this tension. But yet, even knowing that she wasn't there, this tension remained. Like I mentioned earlier, our title for today is called Relational pressure points. And if you have a sibling, or in my case, a father, who likes to push on your pressure points on your body, you know what they are. You've got them in your neck, you've got them on your arm, you've got them in your back. Um, and so I'm hoping you know what a pressure point is, but just in case, the definition of pressure point is a point on the surface of the body that is sensitive to pressure. So a point on the surface of the body that is sensitive to pressure. There's a pressure point right in your wrist, fun fact. That's a favorite in my family. Um, and so there are many different pressure points on your body. And sometimes um, you'll notice that when certain pressure points are hit, that sometimes people wince in pain. And that's one of the reactions in which you can have when a pressure point is hit. But there's also a such thing called relational pressure points. And a relational pressure point is things that you're sensitive to when it comes to interpersonal relationships. 
Um, an example of this is someone who's been abandoned as a child. Maybe they didn't have um, their parents really around. Um, their parents were either not available due to work or maybe different addictions. Um, maybe more sensitive to a friend who's forgotten that they're supposed to meet because they have that abandonment feeling. And so that is a relational pressure point in which that person has because they thus feel abandoned. That same pressure point that was created when they were a young child. And we have all these different relationship um, pr pressure points, and they can come from different people. They can come from your siblings. They can come from your parents. They can come from your friends, your coworkers, your teachers growing up, people at church, um, and so on and so forth. And today we're going to be looking at a relational pressure point between two people found in Acts 15, verses 36 to 41, um, which is between Paul and Barnabas. And so we're going to go ahead and take a look at it. Welcome back to our channel, Us Versus Them. I am your anchor, Pastor Larissa, and today we're going to be diving into an issue between friends, an issue that separated these friends from working together. Today we have on our show Paul, Barb, whose real name is Barnabas. Who names their child that? And the main man between them, John Mark. Let's see what they have to say about the factions and cracks in their relationship before this separation. Take it away, Paul. My name is Paul. Barb and I go way back. We have had some crazy adventures together spreading the gospel. I've really appreciated the friendship formed over the years. However, one of the beginning cracks started in Antioch. Peter used to eat with the Gentiles until some Jews came. And then he was afraid and didn't want to stand out anymore. It was quite hypocritical, actually, the way it happened. Even Barnabas was pulled into the mess of wanting to look good, even though Barb also knows what is right. Barb knows better. Someone I never expected to be pulled into such obvious matters. Didn't Bob, Barb care that actions taken were wrong? Wow. From the sounds of it, it sounds like Paul and Barb really were good friends at one point. Yet, they had some disagreements like all friends do. Let's see what Barb has to say on the issue. Paul and I do go way back. When I think about where we've been and the people we've had a chance to minister to, it really does make me smile. I remember, though, when Paul was converted and wanted to worship with the disciples, they were so scared of him. I had to convince them he was our friend before they would even consider hearing what he had to say. Unfortunately, we've had some interesting stories along the way, too. When we traveled to Antioch, I knew it was going to be hard. There were all sorts of people, and they came from different statuses. Paul and I, we really just disagreed on how to relate to the Jews versus how we were going to relate to the non-Jews while we were there. I could tell he was really disappointed by this. We seemed to move on, but I couldn't help but notice our differences in relating to the gospel. According to our guests, 
Paul and Barb formed a tight friendship after Paul's conversion experience. They continued to do ministry for a while. Their ministry took them to Antioch, where they had a disagreement. While it's clear that neither were happy with what happened, they continued to work together. Later, we're going to hear about a guy named John Marks, but let's just introduce ourselves to him to get an idea of who he is. Hi, John Mark. Hi. I'm John Mark. I'm the cousin to Barb. Barb is one of the uh, person that got me interested in ministry. Barb claims to see a leader in me, but I don't know. I don't know if people listen to what I have to say. I went on a trip with them to see how it could work. Ended up leaving early. And that seemed to have really upset Paul. Do I blame him? <laughs> no. But I'm trying to figure things out on my own, too. Paul seems to have his agenda and know where he's headed. I guess that's a little intimidating. John Mark, the cousin of Barb, the deserter of a missionary trip. Things sound like they're heating up between these missionaries. Let's find out what happened between Paul and Barb for these two tight friends to separate. It was time for another missionary campaign. As we prepare to go, Barb suggested that we bring John Mark with us again. Now, John Mark deserted us last time to go to his home in Jerusalem. He's not dependable. We need dependable people to spread the message and who were dedicated to the cause. John Mark was not a good candidate. But Barb and I could not agree on this. Barb was insistent that John Mark goes. Well, Paul and I were getting ready to go abroad again, spreading the news and the message of Jesus, and I suggested that we bring along my cousin John Mark. Paul was totally opposed to this idea. He did not like how John Mark had left us last time when we really needed him. You know, I, I did understand where Paul was coming from, but knew that John Mark really needed our guidance. He needed us to help him as he was growing as a leader. John Mark really was a good candidate, but Paul and I could not agree on this. I was insistent on taking John Mark. John Mark. Well, at first glance, it would seem that he's the sole reason that Paul and Barb are separating. We're not so sure. When you look deeper, it appears that it wasn't so much as the person that the argument was over, but how to go about spreading the message. Paul wanted a consistent, dependable person to walk beside him, while Barb wanted an opportunity to grow a leader in ministry. One of you was short-sighted on the mission, while the other of you was long-sighted on the missionary. Both are good perspectives. John Mark, what was it like being in the middle of this disagreement? Honestly, it was never about me. Paul and Barb had very different ways about going about ministry. Paul was very much scripture and principle-focused, while Barb uh, was also like that. But Barb focused much, much more on relational side of ministry. 
When it came to decisions, each one operated from a completely different perspective, which created tension at times. Yikes. It didn't mean one was better than the other. It was just different. Later, Paul had a, and I had a chance to work together. It was really neat to see our paths cross years later. I just hope someday Paul and Barb can reconcile. Well, that's all for today, folks. Thanks for joining us this week on our channel, Us Versus Them. Tune in next time for some more disagreements and their conclusions. Us versus them. Paul and Barnabas find themselves in a situation where relational pressure point is a big thing. Paul likes consistency. Barnabas likes second chances. And so the two of them end up clashing. And ultimately, it becomes divisive. We're going to go ahead and you can, this is the moment where you can open up your Bibles or take a look at your phone. This is where we're going to be turning in Acts 15, verses 36 through 41. And it says, sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with him, but Paul did not think was wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphyla and had not continued to with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches." I want to take a moment here, and I want us to really focus in on one specific verse. We're going to be looking at verse 39. We're going to be looking at the first part of it, part A. They had such a disagreement, a sharp disagreement, that they parted company. Two friends, one message, one shared message. Many ways to go about sharing the message, but Paul and Barnabas, we see, have a disagreement on how to go about doing ministry. Notice, I want to take a moment here, even though we're talking about tension that has caused conflict, tension can be a good thing. We know that tension, if handled well, can actually trigger conversations that are beneficial to a relationship that helps resolve that conflict that has come up in the first place. Imagine if Paul and Barnabas had never addressed that tension between them. What do you think would have happened? I can imagine that if Paul and Barnabas had just like let it go, we would have seen some passive aggressiveness start to build up on either side. This grudge holding between the two of them. I think in the end of the day, it would have made their ministry more awkward and destructive with that passive aggressiveness than it would have been beforehand. I argue that neither of them were really wrong in their preference, with Barnabas wanting to take John Mark and Paul wanting to not, but it was different. It was just different. Paul tended to be more focused on the mission and the message, whereas Barnabas tended to be more focused on people. Paul wanted to have someone ready to go to preach, let's go, 
whereas Barnabas wanted to teach someone how to preach. Two very different ways about going about it. Yet instead of agreeing to disagree, they part company with what it says, a sharp disagreement. A sharp disagreement. If you like personality stuff, you know that there are a such thing as called the four temperaments. And they are choleric, sanguine, melancholy, and phlegmatic. In my family, all of us, either as a primary or a secondary, are choleric. Now, if you don't know what choleric is, um, if you go to the Four Temperaments website, it describes cholerics as extroverted, quick-thinking, active, practical, practical, strong-willed, easily annoyed, self-confident, self-sufficient, very independent-minded. They are brief, direct, firm to the point, and very firm when communicating with others. They like pressure, they're easily bored when things are not happening fast enough, and they are bold and like to take risks. To condense that into one thing, to be frank, cholerics know what they want. They know what they want. And so, in my family, a family of cholerics, it can get pretty heated sometimes because everyone knows what they want and they are firm in communicating that idea. If I had to guess, when I read the scripture between Paul and Barnabas and who they seem to be according to the writers, Paul and Barnabas both seem to be at least primarily or secondary choleric. They both know what they want. Barnabas wants to take John Mark. Paul doesn't. They know what they want, and they stand firm in that knowledge. Neither one of them are willing to stand down. While knowing what you want is often a good thing, if it can separate two friends who have good intentions, I would argue that it's not a good thing. Because Paul and Barnabas couldn't reconcile, it creates an us versus them scenario. Although good things came from their separation, we're told that they're able to cover more ground because they've separated. Silas was added to the group. John Mark was able to grow at his own pace. It still left a dent in the relationship. The relational pressure still existed, and the tension between them wasn't resolved. Just like in my experience, tension can sometimes stay for years. Not just a little amount of time, but it can sometimes extend many, many years. Allowing tension in relationships to stay can create a relational pressure point that can impede in your other relationships. In the person in which I was struggling to figure out, do I go to this event because I know she'll be here, I know that that impeded on my other relationships because it affected our friends around us. My conflict with this person then created conflict amongst a wider group of people. Relational pressure points between you and another person will always impact a larger group than just you and them. So at the end of the day, when we've created an us versus them environment, I would argue that we've already lost. If Paul and Barnabas had separated amicably, maybe things would have turned out a lot differently. But because there wasn't a team mindset, we see that it created 
much more of a negative impact. Us with us is a much stronger idea than us versus them. Us with us. So let us not divide ourselves because we are different, because we have different ideas. In the time period in which we're in, I'm sure many of us have our own opinions and how we think that it should be. But let us not be divided because we are different in those opinions. Let us be united in our differences and reach people of all types to come from a place of love. If you have anyone in your life in which a relational pressure point has been created, I want to encourage you to resolve it. I know it sounds much easier than it actually is, and you might be thinking, oh, Pastor Larissa, you don't know them. You don't know what we've been through. We have history you have not been around for. You might be thinking, Pastor Larissa, I'm willing, but they're not. How can I create, resolve a pressure point if they're not willing to resolve it? Pastor Larissa, this is much deeper than even I can fix. Yes, all of those things may be true. However, hang on. Um, my hope is that you'll be able to trace, place your trust in something bigger than yourself. To place your trust in our great physician, Jesus. If you cannot heal that relational pressure point here on earth, I pray that you will allow the Holy Spirit to heal your heart, and maybe someday you can stand and be reconciled in the presence of our Savior. However, if you think that there may even be a chance of reconciliation, even if you might not, I encourage you to just try it. Here's my challenge. I want you to pray good things for the people who have created relational pressure points with. When I was living abroad in Northern Ireland um, during our summer camp, we had a speaker come. And we were talking to him about how we kind of wanted to restart our prayer life. Like, Pastor, we really want to restart our prayer life. Like, it just feel like it's dead. Like, I'm praying for the same thing all the time. And he said, okay, I want, I want to give you a challenge. I'm like, okay. What's your challenge? He's like, I want you to pick someone that you have issues with, someone that you aren't really friends with, someone that you argue with. I'm like, okay. He's like, do you have that person in mind? Okay, pick one. Okay, got someone. He's like, what I want you to do for the next 30 days is I want you to pray good things for them. I want you to pray that God blesses them. I want you to pray that God gives them the things that they are asking for. I want you to pray that they are rewarded more than they ever expected to be in life. Don't pray negative things on them, but I want you to pray good over them. You know, it's really hard to be angry and upset at someone and hold a grudge when you're asking God to bless them. When you're asking God for good things for them, that's my challenge. That's one of them. If you have someone in your life that you really don't know if you can really resolve that relational pressure point, I want you to pray good things for them. But I also want you to call them. Maybe this is someone else. Because you can never start to heal unless you begin the conversation. Begin the conversation with them for healing. Small steps. Maybe, 
an apology is necessary. Whatever it may be, however you choose to address the tension, besides just leaving it, I encourage you guys not to walk away from it, but address it. Pray over them. Address the situation. However you choose to do that, at the end of the day, you may be amazed what Jesus can do when you open up and allow him to work in your life. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to ask for your strength, for your power to be able to approach situations that are difficult, that are hard. And Lord, you know that there are people in my life that I just, I, I don't know if I can. And God, I ask that you would give me the strength and the power to know that I can with you. And if it's not resolved here, Lord, I ask that you would help me to resolve it someday with you when we come face to face in heaven. I pray this in your holy name. Amen. Happy Sabbath, everyone. Go in peace.